This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with more of the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Union Bar and Grill, 17821 80th Avenue in Tinley Park with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Presented by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans and always live on the free Odyssey app. Got to shout out Bridget, our Miller Lite rep, for holding us down. If you got a Miller Lite, Bridget. put it in the sky right now one time for me. If you got a Miller Lite, okay. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. It's Friday, so we're loosening up a little bit, having a drink. I feel like I listen to these things all the time, man, and everybody's always drinking. So, And I'm all like a rule follower all the time. I'm like, no, I'm like, And today I'm like, you know what? Screw it. It's Friday. This is what we're going to do. Friday. Um, down for the weekend. We were just talking about the Bears and their supposed number two draft pick and what directions they could potentially go in. And we can speculate as much as we want, but it's much better to talk to an expert. So joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is our NFL and NFL draft expert. Of course, we're talking about none other than Ed, Eric Edholm. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you guys. Hope you're having a good time out there, there at the, uh, the bar. And uh, happy to join you. Eric, the reality is this, man. We're Chicago sports fans, so this is what we do best. We drink. We drown our, our, <laughs> our, our sorrows and alcohol. It's just we have no other choice. Um, but things might be, on, be looking up for the Bears. I mean, obviously, they got their quarterback situation figured out. We would all like to think that. Um, but they, they still have a lot of work to do, not only in free agency, but in the upcoming draft. I mean, first talk to me about the talent that's available in the draft. Before we even dive into what the Bears could potentially be doing, I mean, what are your overall thoughts about the level uh, and quality that's coming out this year? Yeah, I mean, we're still about five, five and a half weeks out from the underclassmen, you know, uh, declaring uh, uh, end, end of that uh, period. So, you know, we don't really know who else coming out, but we have some ideas about who potentially could. And, you know, for all the talk about the quarterback class, it may end up being fine. I think we'll obviously over-talk about that. That only pertains to the Bears' interested needs. If, if 
there is a run at the top and they can possibly sell that pick. But, you know, big picture, I'd say edge is sort of looking like one of the early strong uh, positions I think could end up being pretty good. Offensive tackle maybe on the weaker side. Uh, and receiver, which has been one of those positions in probably like four years running now. It feels like every year has been cranking out the talent. Not quite as exciting this year. You know, we should expect one year to have a little bit of a drop-off. And I think this is the year where it's not a bad group. It's just not the exciting collection of talent that we've had the last, you know, three, four years. It's interesting because coming into this last college football season, a lot of folks were under the impression that the quarterback crop was going to be viewed as really elite. And then you get Bryce Young working through some shoulder issues, C.J. Stroud, you know, being – really good but just kind of that level is set so high and folks didn't see him maybe light it up in a game or two and then will levis you know i don't know folks were probably higher on will levis maybe than i was coming in but it just seems like the the top quarterbacks the upper echelon of the crop is maybe not regarded as well right now as they were coming into the year do you see that being something as we get into the the all-star game process and the combine that maybe the group will be put on, on a little bit more of a pedestal than it feels like they are right now coming off the regular season? That, that very well could be the case. And, Anthony, you, you follow this stuff as, as well as anybody. I mean, it, it always feels like we come into the year going, aha, all right, this is the year, right? This is the quarterback draft year. We're going to watch this guy and that guy. And, you know, it, even, the, even the five prospect, five QB first round we had a couple years ago, now, look, you know, I mean, we don't know what all those guys are going to be, including Justin Fields. But, you know, I mean, I would say even with Zach Wilson being the guy going in the opposite direction, maybe Mac Jones, too. I mean, all of them have shown something. And yet people were kind of down on that class, too. But that's absolutely the case. And Young's build, I mean, he's going to measure in about 5'11", 197 pounds. You know, it's like Jalen Waddle size, right? I mean, that's a concern. Uh, the shoulder you mentioned, too. He lost some zip on his balls after the Mississippi State game or whatever that was. Wasn't the same. Stroud, like you mentioned, when, when the structure's there, he looks really good. When it's time to create on the move on his own, not seeing it. You know, Levis, ball security and decision-making, those are big issues. But he's got the tools, and so does Anthony Richardson if he comes out. And so, you know, we could talk ourselves into a lot of these players too because of the physical traits or because of, Hey, look what they did last year. And it, it kind of sways back and forth, but I definitely think that it didn't match up to the preseason hype. And that's almost always expected at this point. Eric at home, our guest here on the Miller Lite top draft from Tinley park. We are at the union bar and grill. And he joins us on the circuit resort and casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. And, you know, part of the reason this is important, you kind of referenced it, E, is the fact that the Bears, if they do end up with a really high draft slot, they're going to have the potential for, so, for folks who are willing to chase up and maybe get a quarterback they highly regard, that maybe the Bears can accrue a lot of additional draft capital in doing that. Do we tend to see many seasons where, even if the quarterback crop isn't viewed as, as elite with multiple QBs, do people still tend to reach more often than not? Like, do you think the Bears would be in a strong position with a, a top three pick to maybe trade down and get a haul regardless? Or is, is it only if people are really loving the quarterback class? Yeah, it's a great question. And, I, and that's going to be a fascinating story to kind of chart because 
as we sit here right now, and, you know, Stroud has either one or two games left, you know, Young has a game left if he chooses to play. And, you know, I mean, you know, we, there's still, I guess, more information that could come in, medical stuff too. But as we sit here today, I mean, I don't know that you can guarantee that quarterbacks are going, you know, three in the top ten or something like that. I don't know if you could say that. I don't think so. I'm not sure yet. I don't think there's this – there's a split – opinion from people I've kind of straw pulled around the NFL and the, you know, in the scouting world. And so, you know, people really like Young's processing and think, wow, this is a kid who's got some Drew Brees like intellect. So if you're going to talk yourself him, him into being Brees, you know, Brees had the terrible shoulder situation and then he re you know, vamped his career completely after that. So that's probably the route that I think people would go to make him the number one pick to the Texans, let's say. But then who's coming up for Stroud? Who might come up for Levis, thinking they may have the next Josh Allen? There are at least teams, multiple teams, with you know uh, more than one first-round pick. You know, that's, a, that's a good thing in, in the Bears' favor right there. I mean, you have to just sort of look at the list and then figure out who missed out in free agency, who couldn't trade for a veteran, and that list may end up being, you know, two or three teams. I don't know that it's going to be an automatic that they're going to get some some bounty for, you know, a high pick like that. Especially if teams already know that that's something the Bears are going to be looking to do. I think that's what's the most important factor there. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Eric at home here on 670 to score. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at Union Bar in Tinley Park. Now, Eric, you mentioned a second ago that this draft in particular is a little bit deeper with the edge rushers. That being said, would you then assume that with the Bears at number two would be more likely to take a guy like Jalen Carter from Georgia over Will Anderson because of the, the amount of talent that exists in, at the edge rush, uh, rushing position? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it it's at least has to come up as they're going through their prep. Let's say it works out where Houston's picking first, Bears second, third, whatever. I mean, you know, let's just say second for argument's sake. You know, um, if if you decide that Will Anderson is Von Miller, I think you take him. <laughs> you know, like that's I don't know. That's how I look at it. You scout the individual player. Yes, the, the positions dip, but maybe we, you know deep. But maybe we can double dip later. You know, who's to prevent us from taking two edge rushers in this class? I mean, it's something they would consider. Now, Jalen Carter, I'm not going to just gloss over as if he's you know just some Johnny Come Lately. I think he's a fantastic player who really didn't quite get the show until last week very recently what he's capable of doing because of the injuries you know the the ankle and the knee i believe and it was cut blocked in a game but he had some some stuff that kept him kind of limited early in the season as well the ankle injury but turn on last year's tape and i think he's even better than you know i mean that georgia d line is as deep as it comes but if you just go snap by snap he was playing better than some of the guys who went really high last last year from from georgia so I feel pretty good about him. I think he's going to be a special player. And and look, remember, you know, for all the Mahomes and and Tyreek Hill talk in Kansas City, Chris Jones was one of their best picks ever. Now, I'm not saying Jalen Carter's Chris Jones, but they, you know, there's some some similarities, a shorter version of them. And if you get one of those on your defense, you can have a lot of fun with it. He, just to, to go to the previous draft cycle here, I, I, I want to talk some Justin Fields in a moment, but – before we get to that, Jack Sanborn, a guy who played at a high level at Wisconsin throughout his entire yeah. career, 
I was fairly surprised. You know, I didn't think he was going to be a, a day one or perhaps not even a day two pick. I thought Jack Sanborn was going to get drafted, man. I was really, really surprised when he became an undrafted free agent. I was excited for the Bears and for Bears fans when they ended up being able to sign him as an undrafted free agent. What do you recall about your assessment of Jack Sanborn during the last draft cycle and how, I don't know, I suppose gratifying should it be for the Bears <laughs> for the way he's been able to perform so far? Yeah, you know what? It was funny because I actually ran into somebody who had, who had been up at Wisconsin's uh, pro day and was kind of running through some of the prospects up there and was getting, uh, you know, some, and I was surprised to hear that there were some PFA grades out there on Sanborn. I like you thought he'd be a day three pick just, you know, it wasn't somebody that I had asked about before that point. Cause you know, we're talking about somebody that I thought might go between, you know, 150th and 250th or whatever. So, but you know, once he did come up, I was surprised to hear that for as productive as he was. And, you know, I mean, I just sort of felt like that was a guy who had, radar for the football and really you know uh, had the toughness the pursuit ability I mean I thought you know great pad level and all that stuff and a little undersized you know and not a phenomenal athlete but boy I mean these are the kind of gems that I think good teams end up hitting on obviously we'll always look at the for Aiden signings and the first round picks and even the day two selections but if you can nail undrafted for agency like the Seattle Seahawks did for years, like the New England Patriots did for years, like the Baltimore Ravens did for years, like the Kansas City Chiefs did too, you know, when, when all those talented scouts were in Kansas City, including Ryan Poles, they would find gems. They would find people in round seven and, and beyond that would help them. So this is this is encouraging to get the kind of player like this and who's producing at, at the, the NFL level, looking just like he did in college at times. Says a lot about Ryan Poles if you're able to get even just one guy that can come through and be productive. Every class, your, right. Yeah, one right. guy per class, guy. that's home run. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to waste a draft pick on him? Absolutely. That says a lot. Yep. Uh, we're talking Eric at home here on 670 The Score. Eric, all right, so I got to ask you who you think is going to take home the Heisman Trophy, man. I, th- I th- Look, I... Before I peeked at the betting markets, I was saying, I think it's probably Caleb, you know, I mean, unless I'm, you know, unless Caleb Williams, USC, I mean, I just sort of felt like that. I hadn't really paid a lot of attention until I had to write about it this past week, week or two. And then I saw, you know, how big the numbers shifted in his direction. I mean, you know, Stroud's back for a second year. He's a name, but I don't think he's enough to overtake it. I think a lot of people feel like Duggan could end up finishing second, which, you know, I didn't start the opener. That's pretty uh, pretty incredible. But he's been a he's been a phenomenal playmaker for them this season. And I think Stetson Bennett just isn't going to get enough, uh, you know, to to crack the the top two. I so I think it's either going to be Stroud or or uh, Duggan finishing second to Caleb Williams. I do want to get your thoughts, Gabe and I have touched on it a couple of times throughout the season here. And since the Bears are on a bye week, we may do it before the end of the night tonight. Just in in comping Justin Fields. We'll stick with you specifically to the quarterbacks that came out in his draft cycle. You know, Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin mm-hmm. himself, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. There was a lot of discussion, obviously, during that draft, trying to figure out where Justin would end up going. Several of those guys ended up going before him. I thought at the time he was the number two QB in that draft cycle to Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And I, I still probably feel the same at this moment. Both have, have shown a lot of flashes right now. Now that we're not quite two years into their, their second season in the NFL. How would you, at this point, re-rank the, the 2021 QB class? 
Yeah, and I was trying to think how I had him. I had him, uh, Trevor Lawrence, as the clear number one, but I think I had Fields as like my number four or five overall prospect. So he was the number two QB and, and in my top five. And then I had Trey Lance below him, not too far off, but below him, you know, a first round grade, but not a uh, not close enough. And then I had Wilson fourth, Mac Jones fifth. Uh, how would I re-rank him now? It's tough, right? I mean, because what if New England figures its situation out with OC next year? You know, what if Zach Wilson pulls a, a Baker Mayfield and just like, you know, flip the cap around. What was that arm wrestling movie with Stallone? You know, over, over the, the top. top. Remember over that? The top. Everybody, yep. Right. That. You flip. Uh-huh. It's like a, it's like a change when I oh, turn yeah. the hat around. Right. What if Zach Wilson pulls one of those? But you know, to this point, I think Fields and, and Lawrence have been the, the two best. Of, you know, especially seeing them grow this year, go through the tough times last year, especially Trevor. You know, and and Fields, he didn't know what his going to be doing one week to the next so that was tough too but those two have been the most consistently impressive whereas mac has kind of taken a step back after a a very respectable rookie year and how up to this point what how different has justin fields been i mean it's one thing to be effective what struck me is that he's even more of a runner in the nfl than he was in college a lot of folks assume because of how athletic he is that he was running all over the place because they didn't watch him at ohio state this wasn't who he was in college. So how different do you think the progression of Justin Fields has been from what even your draft evaluation was coming out? He had two 100-yard rushing games in college. Two. And, you know, I think he played, like, including George, I think he ended up playing, like, 40 college games or something like that. So, you know, he's already surpassed that in the NFL. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think part of it was, you know, the Bears and Luke Getze and everybody sort of saying – you know, right now our best bet is to unleash Justin. And we saw flashes of it last year, of course, but like now it's like, let's turn him into a weapon. And, you know, I mean, in the the New England game, and I'm trying to remember all the, you know, the different moments, I guess, in, in parts of that Vikings game. And just, you started saying like, whoa, hold on here. We got something. This is, this is the race car that I was, that I was promised just a, a little different make and a little different model, you know, I, and I'm fine with it. I love it. I mean, you worry about his health. Can he protect himself? But over time he'll, I think he'll develop that, that little quicker tick in his brain to just get the ball out of hair faster. Uh, but it's hard not to be impressed with the strides he's taken. I'm, I, it's fun watching him play. I really like him. Eric, let's just be clear. Justin Fields in the redraft is number one over Trevor Lawrence. I just want to say that before we let you go. That's all. You're not the only person who thinks that, by the way. I'm telling you. I mean, I, you're not. I, his legs have created a whole new realm of possibilities for him yeah we can't wait to see what happens with him in the years to come eric thanks so much for hanging out with us man on a friday hopefully you enjoy your weekend all right all right enjoy tenley see you guys thanks, e- eric at home nfl draft expert joining us here on 670 the score this is gabe ramirez anthony heron should we take a kind of a, an informal poll of the room here because we were talking about justin fields versus other quarterbacks in that draft class Folks in the house here at Union Bar and Grill, do you think Justin Fields is the number one quarterback in his draft class? Yeah! All right, there seems to be a consensus. Yeah. In we, the room. we all have we all have crushes on Justin Fields. All right, that's, that's fair. Got hard eye emojis. That's, that, when I watch <laughs> Justin, that's what I have: hard eye yeah. emojis. Um, but I, I do want to open open up the phone lines a little bit. Caesar, our producer, if you can do that, man, I, I want to ask the Bears fans that are out there what they would do 
with this draft pick. The I draft pick. I want okay. to know what direction they would. They Are we setting go. a parameter? Like, is, if if it's a top three pick, what should they do? Or if it's a top? No, because I think that when people have these general conversations with their boys or their girls or whatever, uh-huh. like they kind of have an idea. Okay. And I've heard people say everything. Go get the best wide receiver available. Mm-hmm. And go trade the draft pick. Get a get a rusher. Well, whatever it is. If you guys want to uh, call in and talk to Ant and I, we'd love to, to get your phone calls and get your thoughts on what the Bears should be doing in, in this upcoming draft. So the number is 312-644-6767. We'd love to hear from you. We take your text messages as well. And then well, not only will we take your calls, but Ant, we're going to do fields versus the fields. Okay. An updated version. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Now, we, we were doing this in this city way back. Yeah. Way back early in the year before everybody else got on board, once the statistics <laughs> finally started showing what Justin Fields was doing. We, we were out in front on Fields versus the field. So how does Field measure up against some of his counterparts? We'll find out. And then we'll also take your phone calls and talk to you about what you think the Bears should do with that number two draft pick. 312-644-6767. Again, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Union Bar in Tinley Park. We'll be back after this at 670 The Score. We're back with more of the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Union Bar and Grill, 17821 80th Avenue in Tinley Park with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Presented by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's always good to drink Miller Lights and it's even better when the staff brings you free cheeseburgers. Got these sliders, man. These filet sliders are fire. Oh, my goodness. Still finishing it off. We are here at Union Bar in Tinley Park. Got a shout out to Tinley Park Park District basketball team in the building. I see you guys over there. Look at these guys playing well, Got playing the hoopers hard. over here. I see you guys. Yeah. Let's go. They're busy having root beer floats and stuff. They're I know. Paying attention. I wonder, did they win? <laughs> did they win? They won? Okay. All yeah. right. Congratulations to the fellas over there. I see you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> representing, there they go. Representing Tilly Park. There we got it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys it. won your big game. All right. Congratulations. Right. Oh. Got a medal. Okay. Oh, let's go. Nice. Nice job, guys. Hoopers in the house. I like it. Um, so, speaking of ballers. They uh, just brought a, a giant bucket of Miller Lite over here, by the way. You know, when the company pays for things, you just kind of <laughs> just play. I'm paying for that one. Uh, we are going to be doing fields. Versus the field mm-hmm. in just a second. We're going to put up our quarterback, Justin Fields, versus some of the others that are out there that are currently playing in the NFL. And other quarterbacks do exist right. in the National Football League. Wait. It's not just Justin. It's not, it's not wildcat formation from everybody else every <laughs> single time. Right. Um, but before we do that, let's, we did mention that we want to go out to the phone lines, talk to, talk to the people, see what they want to do with this, this number two pick, this supposed number two pick. So if you want to chime in, again, 312 644 67 67 let's go out to the phone lines keith out in kankakee so keith what do you think the bears should what, what should the bears be doing with this first round draft pick hey we got to get justin Fields some weapons uh i think we should go either wide receiver or offensive lineman i'm tired of trying to win like 1985 you know we need a, a high a high offense like a, what miami got so wide receiver or offensive lineman on, with the first rounds all right, so Keith is less concerned with this defense. We were just talking about Jack Sanborn. You got a rookie free agent starting an inside linebacker, but he's playing well. That's a good thing. Absolutely no pass rush right now from the defensive front. 
Uh, you hear us talking about that and watch us talking about that a little bit on Bears Unleashed if you tune in to Fox 32. Just have your, your television on. Yep, that'll be on at 930. You can turn the TV on, mute that, and then listen to us. Or, you know what, keep the volume up and keep the volume on your radio up or on the Odyssey app. You can, you can have both our voices rap, rocking in stereo at the same time. But Keith seems less concerned right now with a porous Bears defense. He's coming off of a nice performance against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers than he is the, the lack of weaponry that would still seem to present itself. Now, you know, already traded, got Chase Claypool in here. They did start to target him a little bit more. He got, got the ball, or at least got targeted with the ball three snaps in a row before the drive ended and he had the fumble and he seemed to hurt his right knee a little bit. Then he yeah. was able to come back into the game and finish the game. But there seems like they're starting to try to get him a little bit more in the mix. I, I, I am. But how would you feel, though, if the Bears did say, let's say it wasn't even a number two, let's say it was just a top five pick. Uh-huh and they spent it on an offensive lineman. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. I see what they love about Braxton Jones. And so if you're going top five for an offensive lineman, that's usually a left tackle that you're going for. I feel like Braxton Jones has performed well enough. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. They, when they're helping with chip protect, like they'll, they'll help with running backs and tight ends on Braxton Jones' side on occasion too. But a lot of what they end up doing when, when they're helping the offensive tackles, they'll help the right tackle more often than they help their left tackle, Braxton Jones. So whether it's been Larry Borman right tackle, if it's been Riley Reef at right tackle, Alex Leatherwood got 10 snaps, so we didn't necessarily get to see how frequently they would really help him in more extended time. Braxton Jones is really starting to play at a higher and higher level. He's still, you know, he's still a rookie. He's still a fifth-round pick and all that, but he's starting to perform at a higher level. So I think the way the, the echelon that they've sort of shown that they view Braxton Jones in from starting him right off the bat. They feel like he rocketed up the depth chart, and they treated him that way the entire preseason. And frankly, I think he's performed well enough for them to feel like, you know what? We were right in our assessment and our evaluation, and I don't see any reason why they would try to target what would likely be, if you're going top five for an offensive lineman, it would probably be a left tackle. I don't see them going that direction that early. Yeah, and I could see Ryan Poles, obviously a former offensive lineman, being confident in his, in his ability. His evaluation. In his evaluation yeah. to, to be able to grab an offensive lineman later in the rounds and get some value that way. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Again, 312-644-6767, taking your calls. If the Bears do end up, let's call it a top five pick. Yeah. What should they do with it? Let's go to Matt out in Lake Zurich. Matt, what should they do? So, I'm thinking that they should take Carter. Um, when it comes to Bears defensive players, the guy is an absolute madman. But I'm hearing that they he might actually go number one. So if they end up doing that, um, I think that they should trade away the pick and get a bunch of pieces for uh, Justin and hopefully maybe some skill players on defense. Yeah, man, I, I hear you. I mean, I could see where you'd want to take a guy like that. I mean, he's just enormous, the guy. He's just so big, weighs over 300 pounds. But if you're the Texans you got to get a quarterback. I mean, you have the opportunity to take the best quarterback in a draft that some are saying is extremely quarterback heavy, but maybe that would be a reason why they would take a guy like Jalen Carter because they feel like they can get, you know, a Richardson later in the draft or a Hendon Hooker later in the draft, someone that they feel like can't compete. But I can't imagine that. If you got the first pick in the draft, you go get the best quarterback, the most important position on your on your squad, unless I'm, unless I'm thinking I'm wrong in that, in that instance. I mean, it, you know. The scouting department for the Houston Texans hasn't really been exceptional, let's call it, over the last few years. But 
They did have Deshaun Watson for a little while. They were able to get that one right. They got him in, and regardless of who the coach was, what talent surrounded him on the field, he performed well. He's not there anymore, and so you would imagine Houston is trying to figure out who's the next guy we can build around. They haven't necessarily, with this you know, most recent regime, said we want to build from the line of scrimmage out. They've said let's try to find a quarterback. You know, Davis Mills has had his opportunity this season, and I think if there's an opportunity for them to get a, a Bryce Young, if they feel like everything checks out physically with Bryce Young, it feels like that's more likely the direction Houston yeah. would end up going. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We are broadcasting live for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Union Bar in Timley Park. Um, we're in Timley Park, but we still got some fans out in Kentucky, man. Let's go to Brant, who is in Kentucky. Brant, what do you think the Bears should do with that top five pick? Hey, shout out to my old stomping grounds. Yes, I am driving through Kentucky, and they think I got a funny accent here. But what I would say about the draft is this. Uh, we should keep the number two spot, I would say. I would basically uh, take all my defensive players and take them from the draft. And I would just surround uh, Justin Fields with players from free agency. I mean, if you're going to develop this quarterback, you have to spend the money. Because, uh, Anthony Heron, am I right? If you're playing next to a person who is a Mercedes, you're always happy to drive that. You need it. You got to make sure you're taking care and surrounding the, the automobile, that fine automobile, putting the best gas in it, getting an oil change as frequently as you possibly can, making sure you get a nice, you know, nice little shine on it every once in a while. All those good things when you have a, a, a fine sports car, like the, the metaphor that he's using as it relates to Justin let Fields. Me, let me ask you this, Sam. Huh? Let's say there was a situation where you could only do one Right? Like in the draft, you could only take either offense or defense. And then in free agency, you could only take offense or defense. Okay. Which would you, which position group would you take on either the draft or free agency? It's a good question because the, you know, a, a receiver, a position like the receiver position, you know, you can, you can get receivers in the draft. And, and it feels like if you surround them with the proper infrastructure, you can get that right. Offensive line, frankly, like we've seen it this season, the Bears don't necessarily have a bunch of forces up front. There's not a bunch of individually dominant players up front for the Bears' offensive line. But their offensive system has been able to help them figure out how to get this sort of makeshift offensive line and all the different lineups they've pieced together to get winning football, you know, winning caliber football out of the O-line where you can move the ball and put points on the board. So it does seem to me that you're able to piecemeal things together, even if it's not high picks, even if you miss a little bit. I think an offensive system, you can kind of get by with that a little bit better in the draft and then defensively, especially like D-line, secondary, maybe more proven commodities there. So I guess if you had to choose either one, I'd say draft some offense and you, you can get defenders who are more proven commodities at the NFL level. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not 100% committed to that answer, but if it's like just a cut and dry, either <laughs> or, I suppose I would say go ahead, draft offense, and, and, and get defense from veterans. I think I'd agree with you because we're looking at, you know, bringing some of the guys that are, that are getting paid the big bucks, it is defensive players, right? I mean, granted, you do have, you can always go to the waiver wire and grab a, a wide receiver somehow. I feel like you can fill in those holes with defense. I think that's definitely where you should spend the money. But we're talking about the draft right now. Let's go back out to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. We got Rich in Old Town. All right, you got the top five draft pick. You're the GM. What are you doing? Hey, Gabe. Hey, Anthony. I, uh, I love playing general manager. 
I'm going to give you two stats, which will justify my, my decision here. The Bears, uh, and this, this is going to sound a little contradictory when I tell you where they need to go, but they're next to last in fourth quarter point production in the NFL. I looked that up just to see how they close games. So they're 31st out of 32 teams on fourth quarter points. So it kind of screams offense. But here's, the, here's another data point that I think you got to get a wise up for. And that is, I also, I'm an SEC guy, so I'm a little biased, but I went back and looked. One-third of the NFL rosters are SEC guys. Then I went back and looked at the team rank on how many SEC guys each team has, and it's a direct correlation. Let me give an example. The bottom feeders in the NFL for drafting SEC talented guys are the Indianapolis Colts and the Bears. They have nine there are 11 teams that have 19 or more on the roster. And we've got the three Amigo receivers from Notre Dame. I mean, I think that's crazy. I don't understand why they aren't drafting the best kids from the best schools, which lines me up with where you go. I think you take – the Texans are going to go quarterback. I think everybody knows that. They need that. So one of them is going to go uh, maybe Stroud, but probably Bryce Young. That opens up Carter and Anderson from Georgia and Alabama as edge rushers and tremendous defensive players. You need a D-line guy, and you need an edge rusher. I'd take either one of those, and I, contrary to you guys, I would draft receivers in early second, late second, because you can get them. Vellis Jones is a bust out. They got the wrong guy from Tennessee. The guy who won the Blitnikoff record was better, is better than him now, and that's Joel Hyatt from, from, uh, the, from Tennessee. So we got the wrong Tennessee guy. We got three Notre Dame guys at receivers. I think you got to smarten up and go after top schools, top players, go defense first. You know, you build the team inside out. The good teams build it inside out, O-line, D-line, and you can get second, third-round guys at skill positions. Rich, you bring up some great points, man. Appreciate the call. Thanks for chiming in. I mean, he does. I mean, I, I felt like Rich was talking himself in and out of a few different concepts there. Well, he was going through some stats and personnel, receiver and defense, and good slide. I mean, I, he did. He, he not only talked for a while, but he made a lot of points that that did, in some ways, contradict themselves. And then he called himself out for contradicting himself. But in the end, there were some salient points that Rich made there. Yeah, and I think. I mean, initially what you're really talking about there is, you know, the talent that needs to be on the Bears roster. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Notre Dame point is great. I mean. They need so much. that That's the that's issue. Yeah. Where when yep. you're kind of thinking through it and talking about it and saying, well, where should they go? They should go everywhere. That's a part of the problem. They need help at virtually every that's position so funny, group it's that's so not true. quarterback. <laughs> But I, I, I will say, you know, the Bears, you know, have an opportunity to, to right that ship. So it will be interesting to see what they do uh, with those draft picks. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, 670, the score. Uh, we told you that we'd be doing fields versus the fields, and we will come through with that on the other side. First person I'm, I'm going to ask Anthony Heron um, to compare Justin Fields against is going to be Joe Burrow. Don't Ooh. answer it right now. Uh, but who does he think is better, Fields or the field will discuss on the other side is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron at the Miller Light Top Draft Show at Union Bar in Tinley Park. We in Tinley Park! That's right, baby! We'll be back after this at 670 to score.
We're back with more of the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Union Bar and Grill, 17821 80th Avenue in Tinley Park with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Presented by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans and always live on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we're talking Bulls basketball with Ricky O'Donnell. Uh, but before that, Fields versus the field. Can I uh, can I make an admission? Please. Before we do that, when uh, you were shouting out the Tinley Park Youth Basketball Team yeah. over here that won a championship a little oh, bit they earlier. They won a championship? I'm, they have medals. I'm assuming oh, they won a okay, championship. Okay. Nobody's going to call me on it. So let's just say they, they won. They, the, the world champions right here. They look Tinley like Park world Youth champions. Basketball, yes. And it, it did. It made me think because before I came down here to Tinley Park to meet up with you and do the Middle Light Top Draft, I, I had a proud dad moment because – my five-year-old is, he's taking swim lessons. And so they actually, for the first time in my son's swim lessons, they had him do water polo. So they put, there's like a dozen kids in the class and they put these water polo helmets on all of them. Now I'm a grown man who can't swim. So watching my son in the pool at five years old, learning to swim, I'm already proud enough just in that regard, but they had them play water polo. So they put these little helmets on them. There was a team with white helmets, there was a team with blue helmets. And so they throw the ball out in the middle of the water, and both teams are supposed to swim toward the middle of the water, grab the ball, and then as they do in water polo, they're supposed to swim and go score it in the opposite goal. They throw the ball in the, in the middle of the pool, and my five-year-old immediately just takes off on a dead sprint, just swimming away. Now, I'm just going to take a couple of photos, take a little video, sure. just to send it to the grandma. Good dad. And just, you know, send it around. Unbeknownst to me, he is apparently the five-year-old black Michael Phelps. Like, he is just tearing up water, just freestyling, just working his way to this little red ball. He gets the ball and then has the ball in one hand and then just is chopping through the water, heading towards the opposing goal. So now all these other little pygmy five-year-olds start to converge on my son, trying to stop him from getting to the goal in five-year-old water polo. So sounds, I'm yelling. That sounds dangerous. It did. It was. I'm yelling. Pass it. Pass it to a teammate. He is completely ignoring his dad, who knows a little bit about sports. A little bit. He's not passing it. So while my son has the ball in one hand and water in the other, all the other five-year-olds are literally hanging from my son's oh my arm God. while he is tearing his way through the water and then basically dunks the water polo ball into the net with multiple other five-year-olds oh. in oh, the he ball. Oh, made him. it? He oh, made, made it, yeah. Oh. Dunked the ball through the water polo net with other five-year-olds hanging from his arm and then looks at me. I'm like, Good job, son. Yeah. So I, I got video of it and everything. So it was a very proud dad moment for me, while at the same time, I do feel a little bit like they may take him out of that class and make him, like, play water polo with like the older seven kids. Year old or something forward. like that? Probably something like that. Okay. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but it was, it was a moment where I said, you know what, I don't want to be like that dad who, like, dives in the water and chest bumps my five-year-old because I'm, you know, I didn't want to get too worked up about yeah. it. But on the inside, I was like, yeah, I, I, that's I, how we do them, son. That's how we do in our house, <laughs> even though I can't swim. <laughs> Yeah, you would have jumped in and they all would have, yes. all the five-year-olds my, my five-year-old would have had to on save you. me <laughs> if I would have jumped in the water with him. He's yeah. Anthony Aaron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show on 670 The Score. Uh, we love stories like that, man. Uh, we, love, we love the kids that are in the building today as well. Um, and we love the kid that's playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. And that's why we're doing Fields versus the Field. I give you a name, Anthony Heron, and you tell me who you would prefer playing quarterback for you first I person that. i have for you and i mentioned it before the break joe burrow now you have a guy who took his team to the super bowl last year um somewhat inconsistent some people would say um but still a, a high quality quarterback and that's why i threw him out first 
So Fields versus the field, specifically Joe Burrow. As we sit here tonight, I'm still going Joe Burrow. I think there, there's a guy who has a proven commodity. We saw what he was able to do last season with limited talent around him with the Cincinnati Bengals. The regular season was a little bit up and down. Got hot at the end of the regular season. Super hot during the postseason. And he not only, he, he's got, you know, he's not the athlete Justin Fields is, but got, you know, a, an above average level of athletic ability, can extend the play, can, can, you know, sort of, you know, have the ability to go second reaction in the midst of a snap, keep his eyes down the field, and move the chains with his legs when he wants to. But, of course, the, the gifts that he has as a passer. It's not like he's got the biggest arm in the NFL, but an above average arm, but also just a guy who, who can feed the football where it needs to be with anticipation, just seems to be able to see into the future when he's throwing the football at times. So you love that and all the confidence in the world associated with it. And his teammates seem to feed off of that. So we've seen a level of success from Joe Burrow here, and he's just one year ahead of Justin Fields. So I think on the whole, I would say right now, still advantage Burrow. Definitely super swag. You can't take that away from, no from Joe Burrow. All Real right. cool. Fields versus the field, next quarterback up, Dak Prescott. Okay. Dak Prescott. All right. Who would you take in that situation, Fields or the field? Now, Dak Prescott has been a very accomplished quarterback. And when you think about it, I mean, his draft pedigree was much lower than Justin Fields. And he was thrust into the lineup as a rookie before folks in Dallas anticipated that with the Tony Romo injury that happened. And then kind of season by season, he had to prove himself more and more. Now, the situation that Dak Prescott was in as a rookie, very different from Justin Fields, where you know, Prescott had, at the time, the best offensive line in football. At the time, maybe the best running back in football for the level that Zeke Elliott was still performing at at that point. A very deep wide receiver core and an offensive system that didn't count on him to be the savior every time he took the snap from center. So Dak Prescott was in just a, a spectacular spot for a young quarterback to develop where they didn't ask too much of him, but they were still able to win games. He played winning football, protected it, made key plays when they had to be had. All that being said, give me Justin Fields because he is not <laughs> All that in, being said. <laughs> in near the situation that Dak Prescott was blessed with early in his career. Now, Dak Prescott has developed to the point where he can at times carry the Cowboys in games, but they've still got all the talent in the world. The Dallas Cowboys somehow in a salary cap league in the NFL where you're supposed to be forced to have to rebuild at some point or tear things down and, you know, they find a way to, to make sure your dreams are crushed as a fan base because you can't continue to overspend. Jerry Jones and Dallas just find a way to do that on an annual basis. But although Dak is an excellent quarterback, I see the future being so bright for Justin Fields that when you just kind of forecast out three years down the road, five years down the road, a decade down the road, I believe the career of Justin Fields and what he's capable of doing in carrying a franchise will very soon surpass where Dak Prescott is as a quarterback at this level. All right, this, this last one I have for you, I, I, I don't want to talk about what they did in the past mm -hmm. or what they could potentially do in the future. Okay. I want to talk about just this year alone, All right. Fields versus the field, and I'm talking about none other than number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well... I mean, as of today, I would. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's why I asked. That's why I asked. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had the best year. Right, because I feel like, you know, the past, obviously, Edge, Aaron Rodgers, the future, feels like, you know, maybe, you know, if not Probably obvious, future. Well, I'm sure, I you know, say it, right? I, I, like over the next decade, I take Justin oh, Fields decade, over Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I mean, depending on how far you're looking at it. But as far as just this season, I mean, this season is actually, I think the way you framed it is, is the way I'm interpreting the way you framed it being the most difficult one to answer 
I think between age and potential, Justin Fields, you know, when you're projecting five, seven, ten years down the road, there's no doubt when you're looking at the past, what they've done up to this point, there's no doubt it's Aaron Rodgers. For this season, 2022, which quarterback would I rather have? I got to say, man, it's hard for me to erase what I've seen Aaron Rodgers yeah. prove he can do as a playmaker up to this point. I've never so seen still, you struggle this much. I would man. still say for 2022, I would go Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to throw that one out there because I was uh -huh. curious. You know, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He's and, still Aaron Rodgers. And what he can do yes. exists He's out a there. diminished version of Aaron Rodgers, right. but he, he's still Aaron Rodgers. We saw that. Not the same arm strain, not the same accuracy. But yeah, I mean, when does Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers underthrow people? We saw him underthrow Christian Watson a times. The game the other day. You know, I mean, he's, he's not the, his old self, but he's still him. But he's definitely on the way out. That's what we can be sure of. Uh, all right, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Hare here on 670 to score. All right, we get to change gears when we come back and we get to talk a little bit of basketball, Bulls, obviously coming off their victory versus the Washington Wizards on Wednesday. They get an opportunity to go up against Luka Doncic on uh, tomorrow, that is. And I get to ask uh, Ricky O'Donnell, does he think the Bulls can make it two in a row? What does he have to say about that? We'll find out on the other side. It's the Miller Lite Top Draft Show here at Union Bar in Tinley Park. Got some new folks showing up here to the Middle Light Top Draft, by the way. Welcome in. I see some folks in their holiday colors. See some folks ordering their pitchers of brew. It is cold here at the Union Bar and Grill in Tinley Park. I even seen an ugly sweater that was lit up. Okay. Because it's lit. They lighting it's them up lit, here? It's lit here right. today. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Whoop-de-doo. All right, we'll be back after this. It's 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 